say my baby, my baby, yo. you know Sunday or Wendy, come in like on Yeta or Wendy, and if you give, I could take you, oh, shake you, I still the start of your case, you, I cannot come make a mistake, you, and if you leave, I could press you. This is Damio. And I am Erica Mona. And this is Cross Culture. We're going to do this again. Yeah, sorry. I was not ready. This is Damio. And I am Erica Mona. And this is Cross Culture. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. We are back with another amazing, fantastic episode. Back and we better. You already know the vibes. If we go away, we come back twice as tall, like Burnable. Okay. You know, we took a a nice little two-week break. And I'm just happy because we got a lot of, um, you know, text messages saying that, where are you guys at? You know, where's the episode? Someone asked me, like, did you guys stop doing it at the podcast? I'm like, girl, no, we just, we just taking a break. You know, we need to get a little mental health together oh, just yeah. to Self, rest. Self-care break, man. Care, okay. It's a job. We've been working. Um, but we're back today. And, of course, we're live with our hot topics on Instagram. So, Hi, hey baby, hey Mr. Yes, Hi, you guys, Thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys want to catch us on the live, you know where to go at our uh, Instagram. It's at Cross X Cultured Podcast so that y'all can always watch us, see our beautiful faces. You can also find us on YouTube. We're building an audience yes, there as ma'am. well. Just look up Cross X Cultured Podcast. As I say, we are global. Global, we are international. Baby. Okay. It's a brand. It is. It is. Anyway, so Dami, how do we like to start? How do we first start our episodes? With a what? All right. All right. So you guys, let's get into some of these hot topics. Um, So a little while back, we had a brief update on the case of Breonna Taylor. Um, Just to refresh everyone's memories, Breonna Taylor is the young lady, 27-year-old EMT that was killed in her home in um, Louisville, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. by the police there. Um, If we remember the situation was they were supposed to do a no-knock warrant. They bust into her home and shot her in her bed. Um, and we still have not seen justice for Breonna Taylor till today. So there has been a brief update. The attorney general of Kentucky has stepped in and decided to take this case under his wings. He actually had a meeting with Breonna Taylor's mother, Tamika Palmer. And um, in that meeting, they stated, I'm glad the attorney general asked for this meeting. He actually seemed sincere and genuine, which I appreciated. Um, they let him know everything that happened to get all the facts, to get the truth, and to get justice for Brianna. We deserve to know the whole truth behind, behind what happened to my daughter. That is what Palmer expressed. The attorney general committed to getting us the truth. Um, he does say that he believes that there will be justice and justice will be served. So so everybody, please continue to keep Rihanna Taylor's name trending, um, especially with everything that's right, going right. on. Let's not let it go by the wayside. We need justice. We need action. We do. I really do hope that they really do like work on this because you know, at this point, I'm tired of us. You know, I'm seeing. I'm tired of seeing out the post saying arrest. You know, the the police officers that killed her because something should have been happened. How long yeah. now? Like the year is gonna be over. Jim. Yeah, for sure. Summer is about to be over. And I saw um, also in Kentucky a poster of her. Somebody literally shot 
was it like I don't know, it was a little pinball or whatever. Yeah. But it was like a big red mark in the middle, like in her picture, in the middle of her forehead. Yeah, it kind of was like a headshot. It, it was like to look like a headshot. So, um, as we know, Oprah trying to get back in the graces of the black community got all <laughs> of those billboards um, mm-hmm. for her all throughout Louisville, Kentucky, just to keep awareness alive. And there was a hate crime against it, which I just find absolutely atrocious ridiculous well still talking about um crazy stuff with police officers and stuff well chicago looting happened um august 10 so like last week a week and a half ago so hundreds of young people looted stores broke into indoor shopping malls and battled with police overnight sunday into monday in the city's central downtown business district the reason for the unrest according to several looters spoke to the washington post on monday Basically, they said it involved um, allegedly a police um, killed a black man on the city's south side late Sunday afternoon. So due to this, you know, in response to that, people were looting, broke into many stores. So even if you go downtown, like on Michigan, all the stores are really boarded up, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Gucci and all those, Mm -hmm. you know. I don't know. Um, Chicago Police um, Superintendent David Brown said that officers responded to a call about a man with a gun in the Inglewood area. Once spotted the man, they pursued him on foot. After the man shot at them, police said the officers returned fire. The man was 20 and is now recovering at the University of Chicago Hospital. This is, I don't know. Like, you know, looting is not going to solve these issues. You know, I understand that, you know, I understand the outcry. I understand the, the pro. Isn't it, it wasn't even a protest. This wasn't even a protest. It literally was just looting. It, it was just looting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get it, but at the same time, after a while, it's like, we really have to think, you know? Let, 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 let's make yeah. it make sense. I definitely think that um, it, it just, it just, people, people, Let's actually stop calling it looting because it's no longer looting. It it, it became right. theft. It became theft. And I think that looting attaches it to some sort of protest. And mm-hmm. I don't think it was a form of protest, um, especially for the looting to happen like in the middle of the night, hours after the whole incident happened. It just kind of it, it, it just sent the wrong message. And I understand people are like, oh, well, fuck these major corporations or whatever, whatever. But it's like, again, that has nothing to do with the cause. And I think that that people are deviating from what is the cause. Like, Black Lives Matter, we cannot forget, um, was co-opted this summer. It, right. it stopped becoming just our thing and became, like, a, a trendy thing. Like, Justice for Palestine mm-hmm. or Pray for France or whatever hashtags we we tend to have towards social justice. So you just got to be careful with how people take your, your protests. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and also, I did see online saying, like, you know, the people who are looting, they're not people from Inglewood area at all. You know, so yeah. it's not even like all oh, the real yeah. protesters who are legit, you know, for Black Lives Matter. It's people like middle class people, some people who've lost their jobs. It's parents. It's literally regular folks who are not residents of Inglewood that went to loot and all, all saying it in the name of Inglewood. So we do have a little clip that we'd like to play. Um, you know, residents of Inglewood, they all feel like, you know, they say, if you ain't from Inglewood, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to play a quick little clip. First time they hear something, boom, he was 15. He got shot 15 times. He got shot and the lady got shot. It goes to social media real quick before, like again, learn the facts. You have to have facts in this matter. From there, it's been said that tension from police at the scene of the shooting sparked looting in downtown and on the Gold Coast. A lot of people saying that the looting downtown sparked from Inglewood. 
we're not having that. It didn't spark from Inglewood. Those were opportunities, and we're tired of Inglewood getting a black eye for any and everything that happens. Smith says he's not buying it, and he and other Inglewood residents wanted the protesters from Black Lives Matter Chicago, Good Kids Mad City, and other groups to leave. Inglewood residents clashed with those protesters. I mean, hey, I feel that, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's, we already say so much you know, negative stuff about Inglewood. Like, we know it's not a good neighborhood. But as he said, it's like, Social media just be... Yeah, like, I, I talk to people all the time. They always say stuff about, oh, we'll be happening in the South Side, Inglewood, South Side. And it's like, I always have to educate people on how, first of all, the South Side is very vast in Chicago. It's more it's, than Inglewood. It's like super... Su like, the South Side is like, hundreds of blocks. And, um, you know, Inglewood is a... It's not as bad as people make it out to be. I think it's just an easy target. Like, a lot of stuff be happening in, like, Roseland. A lot of stuff happens in Robbins. A lot of stuff happens in Harvey. A lot of stuff happens Girl, in Bronzeville, Cayman City, Dalton. Dalton. You know what I mean? <laughs> and people just lump it and be like, Inglewood, Inglewood, Inglewood. And right, these, right. these neighborhoods are nowhere near each other. Um, and I think that the people have spoken. The people have spoken yep. like that's directly from the neighborhood, and you you know if you don't live there, don't talk about it, don't just just support. Exactly, let's do the right thing. Let's do our research, as the man said, and not just you know depend on social media. All right, what's next on the list? So let's keep it going. Let's step into some politics. So um, this week it was officially announced that um, Senator Kamala Harris is the official vice president pick for the Democratic Party. All right, let's shout out the first black vice president female. Okay. All right. All right. We love to see it. All right. We love to see it. So, um, but there's a little bit of controversy surrounding Kamala being the the pick, you know, although it was been talked about, it's been hyped that Joe Biden needs to get a black woman running mate for right. her, to him to solidify, which he did. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of social media started complaining that she isn't the black that we wanted that or she she's in black enough. I, I guess she's, you know, she's half Indian. And, you know, they also feel like, you know, how has she represented blackness? If not because she did, didn't she do the presidency um, campaign? If not because of that. And she used that as her, you know, thing to appeal to black voters and, you know, people of color um, that she ain't really black. And I'm just like, please, at this point, do we have any other option? I'm so sorry. Do we have any other option? Black people hold on to the one drop rule for all these little fake ass Instagram yeah. bad bitches that they yeah. be wanting. But when we have a presidential candidate. A vice presidential candidate that is making history, all of a sudden, her West Indian roots aren't aren't bad gal enough for y'all. And it's it's a bad gal because like I don't understand like how 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 we sit here like the women and the thing and the people that y'all on social media claim as black, and you and I claim. Kamala as black, it, I'm, it's beyond me, and I and I also feel like um, this is a this is a recent conversation of this whole um, battle of the diaspora, yeah. right? Like this whole conversation of if you if you can trace your ancestry to a certain um, ethnic region, then yeah. you're not black enough. And I think that in 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 black culture, we're the only culture that like just keeps these gates keeper walls of yeah. what it is to be to be black you know what i mean just that and it's kind of like 
She grew up here. She went to Howard. She's she an grew MKA. up in a black she, church and you know Hindu like, temple. Like, I don't understand, like, what are the things that constitute as blackness? And I think to me, it's just like, y'all continuously want to hear a boys from the hood story. Every black person not from the hood and then come out the gutter from the hood. Damn like, you know true. what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to tell me just because I'm not from, I, you know, I ain't grow up and my mama was on crack. And it's that, that's not, that's not the monolith of blackness. And that's not what <laughs> is a black success story. That's true. That that's, shouldn't always be... Trauma is not always our story, yeah. right? As you said, poverty, grew up in the hood or whatever, or drugs or alcohol, having those negative influence is not always our story. Some of us actually did grow up in affluent neighborhoods and successful parents. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, like, and it's just like... And she went to Howard University, too. Like, I just want to it's like, she probably done crossed off more black stuff than y'all that claim that she's black. Exactly. And then, then you know, people are, t- are mad because she was an attorney general and had to put niggas in jail i'm sorry like she's doing her job and that's another thing that as black people we gotta we gotta stop trying to make excuse for what's not right at the end of the day for you to find yourself in front of an attorney general first of all let's even debunk this as attorney general she's not sitting here vetoing every person that go to court exactly a lot of that stuff is underneath her i was gonna say law is a little bit more complicated than that yeah it's, it's you know passing a bill and all that it's just a little bit more complicated yeah. it's not just it's not just like okay we're saying all black people's gonna go to jail or this black person it's a little bit you know and it's not that she's the only one who's in charge of passing a bill actually exactly. she's not and it's just kind of like i'm like I don't know what y'all want people to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you want people to say? You want you want somebody to catch a drug charge, catch a gun charge, then be in front of me as a prosecutor. I'm supposed to be like, you know, you my nigga. I can't put you to jail. And listen, like, there, she cannot do that. There's no perfect candidate. You know, even when Obama was running, you know what I mean? Even when he became president, even today, there's still, there's still some black people that are like, oh, no, he was controlled by the white man. You know, he's just black, but you don't mean he's really a good man. He was a good president. What did he do for America? We can't satisfy people, right? There's never going to be the best or perfect candidate. They're human beings. You know, there's some laws or some shit that they did, you know, in their early years of serving that was bogus and all right, you know? And then if they do have opportunity to serve again, to be in a different position, and they want to do it better and get it right this time, let them do it. And again, what other option do we have? Please. Is it Trump yes. again you want to say? Like, I will not please. forgive y'all if Trump gets back in office. And, I, and I'm telling everybody right now, like, I will not forgive American citizens. <laughs> I've, I'm for real. Like, I will start looking into what does it look like to live in another country. Like, me in Canada, I'm starting to learn, oh, Canada. <laughs> That's how it go, right? Cause oh, you didn't think about Nigeria. I didn't, because I'm... They arise, oh, compatriots. Nigeria, call To serve our father's life. To serve it with love and strength and faith. One nation of... It's the labor of our heroes past. Shall never be even... To serve with all our might. One nation bound in freedom... Peace and unity. Good job. I can go to the second one, bro. Oh, girl, I didn't really know the second, the second version. The second verse. Anyway, Sha, we don't got any better option, y'all. Do your research. 
Also, um, since we're on that topic really quick, I just kind of want to talk about this USPS thing and the fight against um, United States Postal Office. You guys, so Trump is really trying to get rid of the USPS, and he's trying, to, he's trying to hold them back because he wants voter suppression. He does not want people to have mail-in ballots because this year, because of coronavirus, a lot of people are going to utilize mail-in ballots. Uh, I, and it, just let everybody know, it's not a thing where they're randomly going to send you that. You do have to register for mail-in ballots. Mm -hmm. Please do that. And if you are going to do a mail-in ballot, ballot that means you must vote at least a month ahead um so do not wait till last minute especially with everything going on i just want to let you guys know if you're doing mail-in ballots your election month is october so you know by october mm -hmm. 10th y'all better know what y'all doing definitely definitely um i think before we even get into our juicy tea i want us to talk about this story it's jennifer mcleggan's story it's been going on on twitter everyone on twitter about this lady, I'm going to pull up really quick. Um, she lives in New York, and she's been living there for, it's a certain part of New York that she lived in, and she's been living there for three years, and she really has been, and she lives in Long Island, okay? And she has been abused, you know, facing abuse and racism from her neighbors. So they would throw dog feces and mutilated squirrels on her lawn while threatening her with racial um, slurs. You know, they would just mess with her. They would throw garbages on her lawn. To the fact that she literally had to create, um, had to like make a poster, right, and hang it at the door, you know, with prayers and saying that my life is in danger. These people are constantly affecting me, threatening my lives. This has been going on for three years, right? And, of course, she has made multiple reports to the police officer. She's reported this many times, but absolutely nothing. Nothing was done. So um, I think a gentleman or someone, you know, came across this. They posted it on Twitter, and they basically all... You know, we're going to say shout out to our black men. Because, you know, we do talk a lot of shout shit about men. Shout out to men. our kings. We talk a lot of shout shit about, about black, black men in general, okay? Y'all better stand up. But a group of black once. men began taking watch outside of McLegan's home um, after the county police commissioner said police did not have any evidence of what's going on. Can you imagine to say that there was no evidence? There's no evidence. So anyway... You see many pictures of them outside. They're taking turns going to the grocery stores to provide her with her needs. They all camped outside. It was just so wonderful. So now, and everyone was making calls. You know, there was like 40, 45 to 50 calls on a regular basis. So thankfully now, um, they said the couple has finally been arrested and charged by the county district attorney, which is wonderful. I, you know, for this, I just want to shout out, you know, shout out to black men, to black people in general, for us to, for us supporting each other, being there for each other, for, for being with a mother, a single mother who needed help, whose life was literally in danger, because this is no joke, you know? People think, oh, they're just, you know, saying racial slurs, they're just throwing shit at you, but that shit is emotionally, mentally, that shit is draining. Yeah, like, it, it, it's just to live in a constant state of fear. Exactly. Is, is not... Fun. And you know what? I will definitely say shout out to black men that stood up for her. Yeah. Because we, we screaming all day and we're going to get to it later. But protect <laughs> black women. Um, you know, and, and, and we would be remiss to not shout out the black men that did what we actually okay. did. Okay. I'm happy. So thank you all. Woo woo. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the tea, girl. Let's get into the tea. Okay. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Trigger Trey. <sighs> Which one of y'all? <laughs> 
Ooh, which one of y'all? Ooh, which one of y'all All is right accusing now. Trigger? Okay, girl. You heard the bravado. <laughs> So what's going on with him? All right, you guys. So Trey Songs um, has been on Twitter this week um, because some reports from a couple of Instagram models, um, one of them being Selena Powell. Ugh. Selena Powell, aka the Black Widow, is that woman? Oh, she, she's called the Black Widow. Yeah, she's 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 you know she don't go by that as much anymore. See, I'm, I'm using some old really? school lingo. Yeah, um, she's she's known because she's called herself the Black Widow because she was known for like sleeping with celebrities with and black like dicks or something. and like claiming Playing to be pregnant. Dicks by them claiming oh. to get diseases like she used to she just is the girl that you know if you hear it from her check your sources because she lies on yeah black celebrities all the time so she also claimed this week that um you know she was sexually harassed um by trey songs and another woman came out with her and said the same thing mm-hmm. now of course a lot of people were like oh my god cancel trey songs woo, woo, woo. but what led what um happened is black twitter said hold on wait one second wait a minute when Miss, when Miss Kiki Palmer mm-hmm. was speaking about this about a year or two ago about how she felt um, disrespected by Trey Songz and what happened with that ago. situation, mm-hmm. yeah, it might have been like last year. Yeah, um, she was kind of laughed in a laughed away in a, in a way. So that situation was she kind of went over to like a party or whatever they were having a party and um, she was recorded. Unbeknownst, they, they had like a music video. Yeah, they turned, they just turned it into like a music video or whatever. And she didn't like that because, you know, obviously it was drinks. It was probably like a couple of drugs or whatever. And she just felt like she was being taken advantage of in that moment. Um, and she was like, she, she hid in the closet and everything. Like she told them, like, I do not want to be in this. I do not want to be yeah. here. And they did it against her will. Yeah. Um, and people kind of just made it seem like, girl, you doing too much. And this, this, that, and the other. So it's crazy that now non black women come up and say these things. And it's, it's so much uproar yeah um now i do want to add that trey songs denied all of this he brought out some texts and receipts and said you know this did not happen but the the real story here is about kiki i don't give a damn about selena powell to be true right 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 um but it's just kind of to talk of why was kiki brushed aside a year ago the fact that an uproar happened when selena powell and again as you said selena powell she is known as She's known as a hoe, okay? Industry hoe. I mean, yeah, being a hoe, it doesn't take away the fact that she's a woman. And, of course, she should not be molested or abused or taken advantage of. But she's not black. Is she Hispanic? Is she Latina? She's Colombian. She's Colombian? Okay. Mm-hmm. And But when it's, a, a, you know, a lighter complexion woman, um, a woman who is not black, makes a complaint. It was all over social media. It was like, oh, my God, he did it, he did it. And now we're like, oh, remember when Kiki did, said that? Why does it have to be remember when? Why Why didn't we take, well, why didn't people take it seriously when, um, when Kiki brought it up? And then she did go to Wendy's show, right? She went to Wendy, the Breakfast Club, so many places to... To talk about to it. To talk about it, and she was... Wendy herself was just like gaslighting her in a sense. Yeah, she said it wasn't that serious. That you know she disagrees to disagree, mm-hmm. and this is any other. Um, and, and I think that the point was missed because Kiki, you know, she wasn't necessarily saying that she was raped or anything. She didn't say that. Um, but she said at the end of the day, as a woman, if I say I am uncomfortable with something, that should be the end of the conversation. And I think that that is the bigger conversation that you don't, it don't always have to be a violent rape for it to be wrong, for it to be acknowledged, for it to be, you know what I'm saying? For, for it to be taken seriously, because I think that that is the far extreme. It's like, once you done rape me, what's left to kill me? Exactly. You know, and I, I think that there's so many things in between that that we need to acknowledge. You don't have to be a rape kit. 
You know what I mean? I don't have to have a rape kit or some bruises on my body for you to believe me. And again, when she went to the breakfast club, she did say that as a black woman, my goal is not to down a fellow black man. She's a celebrity herself. She's been a celebrity since the age of 8, 9, 10. You know, so it's not like she needs fame. She's not Selena Powell. She doesn't need fame. She doesn't need, she doesn't need her, um, the money. She doesn't need any of it. And it's like, we already see so many things going on in our society. As black people, many people are against us. Heck, police officers, you know what I mean? They're attacking our black men. So as her, as a fellow young black woman who has been in the industry for many years, and she did say that she's friends with Trey Songz, you know what I'm saying? She's known him for many years. Why would she lie about that? She Make wouldn't. it make sense. She wouldn't. And I think that's that's the conversation that we have to talk about. Um, you know, I think that we we might as well just go into another hot topic that kind of has to do with this since we on this on this level let's talk about it Meg the stallion so we know that was it like two months ago i think it's about two months ago now it's already two months you think about it it was like in the hot maybe yeah almost two months at least a month and a half two months yeah um that you know reportedly she got shot by it's not reported though tori shot megan the stallion listen right it's not reported tori shot megan the stallion yes ma'am shot her in the foot, but both, both, in both. the back of the feet. Okay, Pow-pow. so her feet were shot, and I guess it was after an argument. And you know, on social media, it was like allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. And of course, many people are like, "Oh, girl, you're doing too much. She's faking it." You know, the web video came out. They're like, "She don't look hurt. You know, she's okay." So this was yesterday, Thursday, right? She went on live. She first tweeted saying that. Um, I'm done sparing you, something like that. Yep. Apparently, I guess Tory Lane's people were coming at her, you know, saying that she's lying, saying that she's a snitch, this and that. So she said, No, you know what? I'm gonna say the full story, right? Yeah, After yeah. they left Kylie's place, they were going back to what I, mean, I think a Meg spot, which was not too far away from Kylie's place. They all got in an argument in the car. It was four of them in the car. It was Meg, it was Meg's homegirl. I wonder who Kelsey. I think it was Kelsey. It was Kelsey. <laughs> no, it was Kelsey. It was Tori and Tori's home got homeboy. His bodyguard. Okay, and I guess maybe the driver. He had an argument. She said she was ready to get the car, right? She didn't want to keep on arguing. Now, she got the car. She was sitting in the front seat. She got out the car. His ass was like, pow, pow, pow. You ain't going nowhere, bitch. First of all, I'm sorry. Before we even get to all mm-hmm. of this, why was Meg in the front seat and Kelsey was in the back seat? Boom. Ooh. That's my first question. Secondly, what was the security guard doing? Why Why was Tori strapped and you got a security guard? Boom. That's question number two. But that's how they be. You know this uh, hip hop um, artists. Yeah, R and B artists. Oh, they rap. Well, so all of them be having gun for whatever dumb reason. But anyway, so he shot her, and I just don't like the fact on social media people are literally saying she's snitching. And then, you know, the sad part about it, she was like, you know, when the police came, she was so scared to say she he he shot her because of the climate that we're in, right? Police officers are literally killing us black people, killing our black men for no reason. No, so no she reason. said when they were arrested, she was so scared, like, okay, we're already in enough trouble. I'm not really gonna say what happened. She said she kept quiet. She even said when she went to the that she um she went to the hospital and the doctor saw her, she felt like, you know, police were still involved. That even while in the hospital, she could not say that she got shot. And obviously they saw um bullet fragments in her feet, but she just couldn't say. So she was still protecting this black man that harmed her. This black man that put her life in danger. This black man that could have paralyzed her, could have ended her career, could have killed her. Let's be real. Because let's say, what if, the you know, he shot her high, just a tad bit higher. I feel like Asian the brat, how she was feeling. <laughs> Asian the brat was like, 
I want to fight. For real, though. But no, for real, because I think all jokes aside, it ne- you know what's crazy? It never crossed my mind to not believe Megan. Like, when people was like, Meg, like when Meg kept talking about, oh, people don't believe me for people that don't, I just kept thinking. Like, why? Who keeps saying they don't believe me? Who? Because you listen. Who are these people? Listen, I have some dude that I follow on social media, and I'm literally going to send a message and, and go on to him. He keeps on posting like, oh, she lying, she's fake. Then with the live that she posted, he posted, he was like, this is Nate Cannon. No, he said, this is this is a wrong bitch. This is a wrong bitch. It's somebody else. This is wrong. And I sent him like, you know, um, an emoji, like, what are you talking about? He was like, that's Nate Cannon, that's that's not her. Why? Mm-hmm. It's like, at this point, are you trolling? And if it's that you're trolling, this is not a funny situation to be trolling about. Uh, and G, this dude is a producer, G. So in my head, I'm just like, okay, you are That's in how niggas be in the music industry and men be doing stuff. Exactly. And first, ooh, it's first, ooh, don't let me get mad. I be, I be trying to be No, calm. but let's talk about it, I really though. Be let's talk be about calm. it, though. Because I just get so irritated at the things that, First of all, men don't know G code. Let let me just say that I be I be saying that all the time. Men are not G's. They not real G's. More women have more G code than they do. Men don't know the the concept of death before dishonor. They don't know what loyalty is. A lot of guys don't. They think they know, but if you ever had your back against the wall and stuff was really to happen, men be the first ones to snitch. First of all. A snitch is somebody that was in a predicament and was down for the predicament. And when it came time for consequence, you jump ship. If you do something against me and I and I tell the law on you, that's not a snitch. That's me protecting my best interest. So should she have died or what? Exactly. Secondly, secondly, if she snitched, Tori would be in jail, in prison, no, no nothing. We wouldn't be even discussing this today. Secondly, ain't no such thing as snitching and dry code and none of that when a man beats or, put or physically harms a woman. I can never snitch on you for beating me because you hurt me. So all I'm doing is protecting myself. Okay. Ain't no such thing as snitching. We was never in cahoots for you to beat on me. We were never in cahoots for you to, uh, to to harm me. To shoot me, boy. So let's get that together. People don't know what a snitch is. That's not a snitch. And, and people really need to talk to their OGs and understand what the G code is. And secondly, she's a woman. And, and last of all, she's a woman. Men really be trying to sit here and, and cry against feminism and say, oh, women need to do this. Women be to submissive. But the one time, the one time where we're like, be a man and, and, treat, and protect me and, and, and be the man in the situation. Okay. Now you want to be talking, oh, she a snitch. That don't apply to me. And you know the sad part is that she was like, you know, the police officers were so mean to her. You know, they were rough with her. They were mean to her. Like, okay, what the hell is going on? What y'all got going on? And, you know, I saw someone's like, if it was Cardi, this should have, if this was Cardi, this should happen to, man, Tori would have been deported the very second. Tori would have been deported. The very second. She would have gotten big-ass lawyers. It would have been yes. on CNN all over the world yes ain't no such thing but what i do like which is why i say women over everything what i do like is all the girls standing up together because this is this is what i love to see they love to say oh women don't do this women don't do this women don't but guess what all the women took tori off their song kelani she did that i'm happy about that jojo took him off her song and that was a great song a great song on her album yep yep that took him off. It's sad. I'm really sad that she had to go through this. You know, this is her friend. Like, we've been seeing them on social media for a hot minute. Because he was like, are they dating? Are they dating? But you could tell, like, they, they were friends. They are turning up together. So it's like, for you to do that to her, 
like it's a lame. Like, were you that drunk? Like, I don't even understand. Like, there's no, he, I don't understand. Because he has a complex. Because you can tell that, that Tori has a complex. Yeah. He got a thick ass head and he little. Yeah. Men with big ass heads like that and they little tend to have anger issues. Yeah. It's in his face. It's ridiculous. It's has changed. Megan is not the same. I've never seen Megan snap off as much as she has been snapping mm-hmm. off in the most recent. You know, the girl just got a number one. She just she just collabed. She's been okay. she's been collabing with all the all the big famous people. She is in her glow, and for her to have to stop all of that to address this nonsense. And I'm sorry. Let's get into Kelsey. I ain't like that post that Kelsey said talking about. Oh, you know, maybe I would have signed the NDA since people was gonna be lying anyway. Who are you talking about, Kelsey? Who, exactly. Who are you Who talking, are you talking about? So, I, so are you saying Meg is lying? That, that's what I'm confused that's about. That's what I'm confused. I'm like, are you saying that you would have signed the NDA for, for who? For who lying? So, and for those of you who don't know who Kelsey is, Kelsey is Meg Thee Stallion's best friend. You know, they're always on social media together, dancing, drinking, shaking asses. Like, that's her right hand She was in man. a Captain Hook video with her. Okay. She was the one that was, like, behind the board right. or whatever. So that's her right hand man. And obviously, she was there with them, especially uh, when they're at Kylie's place. We saw the video. Yeah. We saw it on, on social media. So the fact that we see all these other celebrities, all these other young um, female rappers. They've commented about her being shot. Rihanna, Beyonce, shit. They all sent her stuff. But we've not seen her best friend post anything about Meg being shot or about, you know, her recovery or about the web video. She's not even there. She posts anything. She's not even there. If your best friend, let me tell you, my best friend gets shot. I'm her, I'm her 24-7 nurse at this point. That's So funny. where are you, Kelsey? So it just shows that, you know what I mean? Like... These friendship yeah they're not loyal you know it's all, a lot of it is all for money all for fame i think she as well was trying to get some clout okay exactly. she probably was feeling tory who knows exactly maybe she was the one trying to get on tory who knows uh, who knows maybe that was the fight who knows ridiculous we, ridiculous but we pray for you meg we love you Meg. yeah you yeah know, shout out to Megan Thee stallion for being strong yep i'm, ha- I'm happy that she's okay well, at last on our list, um, Wuhan hosts concerts, pool party as COVID-19 co- um, concerns fade away. So Wuhan, China, it seems like they um, no longer have many concerns about the deadly virus. And, you know, that's where it really started from. And the fact that they had a pool, a concert pool party, G, this pasta cool p- party looks packed. There's no social distancing at all. And then it's in the water. <sighs> well, you know what they say. This too shall pass. It shall pass. I don't know if, so, if it's America that is something America, going on with no, us. No, it's America because we didn't handle it. And quite frankly, we're not tracking it, right? Like, yeah. Because we don't, we, we honestly, I was telling somebody the other day, like, for all we know, this shit low-key could not even be as big as we think it is. But who, who's testing? What's the, Are people testing? I had a friend who told me that he spoke to a doctor that I think works at Northwestern or so. And they're like, you know, since COVID started, only 75 people, you know, people who do not have any um, pre-existing conditions like pneumonia, cancer, whatever. Only 75 people died from COVID since when it started. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's a lot. Of, you know, when anyone dies, that's sad. But 75 is compared to how they really made it seem like a they, lot of people died. I'm telling you, like, look, I'm not trying to say that COVID isn't real or it's not happening because I know people who had COVID, right? But Definitely. I'm saying that the media is hype beasting it for real. Definitely. And I'm saying also that, like, I think that the way that they just be getting numbers don't make sense. For example, how people just go to school, right? They just went to school. You trying to tell me the first thing these people did when they got to school is they got tested. Gee, they said 2000. This is like 2000. 
exactly. some people. Because mind you, school just started. Like people have not even been in school for like a full week. Monday, whatever. Oh, classes, school start today, Thursday. Uh, schools are thinking of closing because of 3,000 members. When did y'all test 3,000 people and get their and results back? And it has to be like 14 days before the symptom comes. Thank you. When did y'all test people and get these symptoms back? Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Like, just, just, I'm not saying, again, I'm not the one that's going to tell y'all, you know, keep wearing your mask, keep doing, of course. keep doing all of that Wash stuff. Wash your hands. But I'm just saying that, you know, I don't think we'll really know what's going on until the administration is changed. Yeah. Because I don't think Trump wants us to talk about this while he's trying to run for president. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a bad look. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a popular disease right now. So you'll be surprised as to how many things they would just slap COVID on. Like, I like I feel like people could, like, I used to get summer colds. It ain't Oh, come possible. on. It's a fact. Now, we saw the reports that even CDC did say that many hospitals um, deaths reported, they falsely put COVID as the cause of death when it wasn't even COVID related at all. Exactly. That, that, that Nigerian doctor, that woman, she said that people do not need to die from COVID. Like, we could literally treat them. Because it's, you know? it's an aggressive cold. It's an aggressive flu that's that's like i i don't want to demean it but it is an aggressive flu and it's like people die from the flu i have a younger a little cousin that died some years ago oh really the flu. yeah she was young she died from the flu like years 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 ago just like people die from malaria yeah you know it's one of those things so of course if you already have a poor immune system i think that's the thing a lot of people don't know how poor their immune system is Facts. that's 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 even really the big t about it america we have very poor yeah. um, health and in this country. And staying in the house all day, if you're not someone who already has pre-existing condition, you're not an old person, girl, staying in the house all day ain't gonna solve nothing. No. Like, if anything, it's gonna weaken your immune system. You're not getting vitamin D, you're not interacting with people. How is your immune system gonna fight any disease if you're not with people, if you're exactly. not outside? So exactly. please live your life. I mean, as you said, be cautious, you know what I mean? But I beg, I'm not gonna come and keep myself because of corona. Exactly. Mm. But I think it's time for us to go into our Alodo of, of the, the week. week. An Alodo, somebody who is a dumbass, stupid, makes poor decisions, comparable to a donkey. Alodo Rabata! Goofass. <laughs> All right, you guys, this week's Olodo of the Week goes to a very special person, okay? Just, just dumb. Y'all know what's funny? I'm watching the game right now on, on Netflix. You know Netflix be doing black uh -huh. shit. So the game on there, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with black Twitter as our watch parties is going. And I just be thinking that football really is a thing, right? And And men really feel like women are part of this equation of sports. Oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, as part of me to be the best player I can be, I have to have a woman that I'm having sex with. Oh, yeah. And now that we're doing this bubble in the NBA and the NFL is trying to emulate it, men are realizing that you're going to have to play football without... Punani. Like, play your sports, G. Right. This is your job. This is your profession. Your Go job. there and work and take your ass home. Like, I'm a teacher. I don't have a man on call for me just because. Exactly. Not because of that. <laughs> no, oh, just playing. No. Okay. Just playing, just playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, who is our Lodo, Dami? Our Lodo is Seahawks player, well, former Seattle Seahawk, Kimal Severan, okay? He was caught trying to sneak a woman into the team's hotel. And you know what's funny? Look, y'all, let me tell y'all this. He tried to sneak her in by dressing her up as a player. How dumb. That is how he tried to get her in the hotel. Um, how dumb. So, you guys, you know, she was wearing the Seahawks jersey, and 
Um, I don't know. I think that most women that football players date don't naturally look like football players. So I guess that they kind of figured it out easy. I mean, if your body, if you don't have the physique of a football player, and then if you're a hotel, I'm sure, like, okay, you know, the host of the waiters and stuff, they're the seat, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't Come think. Come on now. Unless, you know, we have other stories to tell if he messing with women that look like he football oh, players. Oh, okay, then, okay. Then we talk about other things. Okay. But, you know, that is what happened. And then the result of it, he was consequently dropped from the team. So I just got to know, was it worth it? Yeah, because it's like, obviously, you know, COVID, it's, they're all trying to, like, you know, protect everyone from COVID, you know. Um, they're trying to, um, basically, this is currently holding, they're currently holding a training camp um, during this COVID pan- pandemic. So it's like you're putting other people at risk. Offer some pussy, pussy though. I just got to see if she if she cute. I, I know, right? Ain't I no picture. Like, is it all, like, it's that deep for, for some know. sex. It's he really know. that deep. Ain't nobody that cute enough. For you to lose your contract and your put everybody contract, at risk, geez. ain't nobody that cute. So now you've put your whole family at risk at this point, financial risk, because you ain't got the millions to take care of them as you were anymore. Because you've been dropped. Can you see how many? It, it's just so careless and it is so selfish. Why you cannot abide by the simple rules? They're not saying don't ever have sex anymore. They're not saying, oh, you're never going to get out of the hotel and meet some babes and stuff. But gee. Really? They saying be be abstinent. Damn, practice some self control. Damn, for how long? Get like, some lotion and a towel and do what you have to listen, do. There's, sir. The internet, there's the internet there. All right, get an OnlyFans. Trick off. Do something like <laughs> no. Nah, but instead, you done you done fumbled the bag just for some. Coochie. You on that list with Tori fumbling bags just for some coochie. G. Dang, and then, then these the same men that be mad at the WAP. Look at you. Look what you're doing for some wop. I bet some white girl, too. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's probably some. I think so. It's more like dap. Oh, oh you, well, damn. What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, yes, yes. I think that is our hot topic. That, that is we our have. hot topic. Though <laughs> you guys is joining us on live, you guys can listen to this full episode. As you already know, Get follow us. Excuse me, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, YouTube. We everywhere, baby. If you want to find us, just look for us at Cross Cultured. Okay. Peace. All right. So we're going to get into our main episode. You know, we're always getting into that after our hot topic. And today, you know, you know, we took a little two break. We're gonna get just a little bit deep. It's been a while since we've had an emotional episode. I don't even want to call it emotional, but a healing, you know, self episode about us, about, um, you know, about what we're going through. We just want to be a little bit more, just be to be transparent because our past, you know, our recent topics have been like, what's going on in the media and some like little, little hot topic stuff. But today we are talking about childhood traumas, okay? So we're going to get a little deep with y'all. And mm. today we are focusing on Dami. So this episode is Dami's story. This is my story, my oh. ghetto story. Oh, you know I was gonna say I was gonna say this is my story. <laughs> <laughs> How does that song go? Oh that my god, guys. Um, but yes, the girl out. So that is gonna give us a tea. She's gonna reveal her inner, deep, darkest secrets. You know what I mean? Mm. Her soft, intimate. Parts. Come on, relax. No, now I didn't mean it in that way. But because soft, this voice it, using. But intimate is not always in a sexual manner. But, but you said it like that. Though. <laughs> I know you find me sexy. Thank you. But um, yeah, childhood trauma and 
you know, this is going to be basically me interviewing you, know what I mean? Yeah, this is this is great. I look forward to it. So, guys, um, yeah. Should my, I top you off? Yeah, we might as well get some drinks really you flowing. Know, let, me, let me just top her off real quick so she can be relaxed. Our juice. All right, guys, as so she's doing that, um, I'll just give you guys a general, general um, insight on my childhood. So, Is it general you're going to give us? Yeah, just general until you get into it. Okay. Um, so you guys, you know, I was born October 30th, 1993 on a Saturday oh. morning okay. in Lisbon, Portugal. Um, right. I am an immigrant. Um, I am a 1.5 generation immigrant. That means I, I moved here when I was really young. Um, I have three older brothers. I'm the only girl. And there's a significant gap between me and my brothers. Significant being the closest one to me is seven years. The oldest one is 10 years. Okay. Um, and you know, just being Nigerian, being Muslim, being the only girl, being an immigrant, all of these things, um, are going to combine together to intersect and have uh, effects on me especially growing up in america where all of these things aren't um always embraced or celebrated or talked about or things like that so you know that's basically it you know my childhood was a childhood okay so let me ask you how was your childhood how would you describe your childhood um you know i think like most people i probably fall into that category of i didn't get everything i wanted but i got everything i needed Mm -hmm. um but, you know, I think a lot of the time when we say that, it's usually in the um, nurturing sense, right? Like, I, I, I had food, I had clothes, that's the, that's the best thing, or that's the most you can technically ask for. Um, but sometimes, as I'm getting older, I would, I, I would say that I might have not gotten everything that I needed emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, because now that I'm older, it's, it's a lot of gaps and holes that I'm trying to fill now mm. that I'm going to say, like, damn, maybe had that part been nurtured a little bit more growing up, um, I, I wouldn't be trying to rectify that. What now. did you lack emotionally that you felt like you weren't provided? Um, I definitely think that by nature of I, I, I grew up without my father in my home. Um, and I kind of always like give an awkward disclaimer like that because it's not like my dad wasn't in my life per se but it's just kind of like because of his job um i had a long distance relationship with my father what was your dad's job um he was he worked for the nia nigerian intelligence agency Mm -hmm. so he was um you know i don't necessarily just call him a spy but that's kind of what he he like worked with international affairs in different countries representing nigeria and um that's kind of how I was ended up being born in Portugal. He was on a posting there. So he always had to be kind of like at base, either working in the office or if he wasn't in the office, he was shipped to another country. But for most of my childhood experience, he was in Nigeria. Okay. Um, so in resulting in that, I felt like growing up, I didn't have the male affection even though i had three older brothers mm-hmm. um you know brothers are, are are brothers and i think that no matter just because they were like 10 years older than me that don't mean they was ready to be my dad you know and there's certain love and affection and certain lessons that you get as a young lady from having a, a paternal um influence that it does mold you growing up and i think yeah. that some some validation that i didn't know I might have sought from somebody of the opposite gender. I think that growing up, there there were points where I find I found myself searching for it, and I didn't realize until now. Like maybe that's where some right. Of the gap is from. I I feel that. So before we even get to how you know your childhood 
you know, things that you lacked in your childhood manifest into your adulthood. And now you've seen like, okay, there's some holes and stuff. What trauma would you say stood out to you as a child? What experience, what negative experience did you, would you say was so attached to you that you experienced that was like, what was your life? You know what I mean? Damn, I got a couple of little standout. Woo-hoo. Give us a, like the top three that affected you that till today is something that you're working on. Um, Okay, you know, I say all the time I was bullied. I would, I would put that up there. I was bullied as a kid. How were you bullied? Uh, I was bullied for being dark and being overweight. And I think that those, like, those were, like, the top-tier bullies. Like, you know, niggas gonna say stuff about, like, name-brand clothes or whatever. But I think that because those things were so material, uh, it didn't phase me as much as the 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 being bullied for my, for my body and my physical things. Because I just felt like I can't change, you know, like... I, I'm dark skinned, you know, like mm-hmm. um to change my skin would be just like a complete Who are you thing. bullied by? My peers for the mm-hmm. most part, you know. And you know, I was I was like, I don't wanna say I was bullied by my family, but again, like me being the only girl and the youngest one, I think that, you know, my brothers just they treated me like one of the guys sometimes mm-hmm. and I think that they didn't realize like, no, that's your baby sister. You gotta be a little bit more sensitive with yeah, her. Yeah. Um so I think that Mostly my peers, you know, mostly being in school. And, you know, I think that me being an immigrant affected me a lot, too. Um, you know, one one day when we have that episode about immigration, I really get to talk about, like, my story and how, um, although I, I grew up here, the the trauma, or not the trauma, but that the experience. That experience was a lot, you know. Um, and it was a lot, not just you know, me being young and coming, but witnessing the effect of how it was for my family. Right. Um, and just kind of like seeing how displaced everybody else was made me feel displaced. Right. You know, um, having to to go from being upper middle class in Portugal to like mm. low income in, in Chicago. Like right. going like That's a big difference. Yeah, like I, I I was a kid in Portugal that went to ballet mm-hmm. class like I was that girl and I went to this international school where um one of my classmates was the son of like a goalkeeper for Germany and wow like like I was like you know my brothers went to this private school and we had that life and it was all of us and it was you know just a different lifestyle than to come and and move and I didn't even understand why we were moving mm-hmm. to begin with why did you guys move to America because my dad's posting was over so did your dad move with you guys to America? He did initially, but he had to go back to Nigeria. Okay. So and his and his his brothers were here at the time too. So at the time my uncles lived here and you know, a couple of his friends. So it just seemed like, okay, well, come to Chicago. And it's like me, my mom, my three brothers, we were in this studio apartment up Ooh. north when uh Pratt. We lived on Pratt first and then we moved to Greenleaf. And shit was just different, you know, like I didn't I just wanted to go back to ballet and I didn't understand why I couldn't go back to ballet. And, um, you know, I just remember my brothers coming home every day, not happy, not chipper, not the same. I remember not being able to wear everything I wanted or go to the store and get everything I wanted. And even, even just, um, you know, I, I think I didn't realize how attached I was to my father. Mm. Like I was watching some home movies uh, a little while back and I was like, wow, I was really such a daddy's girl. Um, and just even just that, like just not being with my dad every day, like Mm -hmm. everything was just a complete adjustment. Um, my accent 
you know, I had, a, I had a whole different accent when I first came here. And, you know, I was like a gifted child. And, you know, spelling in, in Europe is different. So, like, Hell yeah. that O-R and O-U-R was a They're bitch, different. man. That was a, I was failing, like, all my spelling tests. And, I like, I just did not understand that I was in a completely different world. Yeah. Um. So that, that and then, you know. In high school, um, I guess now I'm putting my family business. Wait, were now. you were you bullied in Portugal? No, because I mean, first of all, I was too young to okay. even be, you know, really bullied. But no. You and how how did you deal with the bullying? Is, is it one of the situations that you told your mom, your dad, like, hey, I'm being bullied in school? Because you know, you know, as African parents, you know, even just as Africans, the concept of bullying is a little bit different. Especially me, when I come, like, yeah. bullying in America is, is, is a whole different. Oh it's yeah, it's a whole different level. So how did you do with it? Did you t- confide in your family, like, hey, I'm being bullied? Was anything done? Yeah, the 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 vast majority of my bullying happened when I moved to Calumet City, and. I remember it getting really bad in like middle school and I came home and I mentioned it and my mom blew me off child. Like, like she was just like, eh, what? I didn't send you to school to be making friends. I so like to her, she had that adult mindset of like, child, this is a, a phase of the many, many things mm-hmm. of your life that you're going to have. But as a kid, it was like my whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she just didn't get it. I remember my, my brother, my older brother, Tammy, like pulled me to the side and was like, oh, you're having problems at school. And I was like, yeah, like this is any other. He was like, I know it kind of sucks. He was like, but like you'll get over it in a couple of years. He's like, it's it's gonna, it it sucks right now, but in a couple of years, you might not even know these people. Mm -hmm. And so he's just like, so you just gotta wait a couple of years. Did he work out that way? I mean, to a degree, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, my, my bullying past was so weird. It was like sixth grade, I was immensely bullied. Seventh grade, I was kind of the shit. Then I switched schools. Then I was bullied at that school. And then, like, I was bullied some more. And then I didn't grow out of it again until, like, maybe sophomore year of high school. So it was mm-hmm. just, it did kind of happen in phases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And so how would you say those affect you now? Like you being bullied, do you still feel the impact of being bullied as a child, as an adult right now? Yeah. Cause I was bullied in college too, girl. Um, what kind of bullying were you, did you experience in college? Was it also about your weight, your, your, and your complexion? Subconsciously, but you know, we won't, you know, I don't want to bring up old shit, man. But, um, I think, I think now it, I was very insecure. Okay. And I think that I'm, I'm I'm adult enough and secure enough to admit that mm. that um, a a lot of the insecurities that became instilled in me as a child followed hovered over me in in my early adulthood. Um, and as much as I tried to like rebel against it in my whatever ways that I was trying to, it just it could never be dealt with until I dealt with what it. What are you insecure about? Um, I think I was very insecure about my weight and my looks, right? Like, um, because I was told for so long that, you know, my complexion was a deficit to my beauty and my, Mm -hmm. and me not being, me being a certain weight was just such a big deal. Like, it just was, like, literally my weight was always talked about. And, you know, being in America, um, weight is a spectrum, honey. Just like sexuality, weight is a spectrum in America. You know, I think um, culturally you don't see as, as as big as some people that you see in America, you don't see that um, in the Nigerian culture. Mm-hmm. So I think that for what maybe most of us would see, it'd be like, oh, you know, she she 
she big, but it ain't concerning. Right. It's not like fat, fat. Yeah. You know, my 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 family and my surrounding people, they ain't see that. They just saw like, damn, she overweight and we not, you know, this is this, this not what we trying to take it. So it just was always talked about. And then like, and, and I come from a family of athletes. So I oh. really was like just overweight. Like mm-hmm. all my brothers were like super fit and mm-hmm. toned and just soccer bodies. Would you say you've ever felt ugly? You know, because I know you said that it was oh, like yeah. a deficit. Yeah. I uh, definitely so you felt, felt ugly. ugly. Girl, I thought I was just atrocious. Really? Just, like, you look in the mirror oh, and be yeah. like, I'm I, ugly. I couldn't look in the mirror. It's like, as a matter of fact, I'm just learning how to, like, wow. look at myself. And, like, even for a long time, I noticed that I had a problem looking people in the eye. No way. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, because um, I, I had a big thing with being seen. You know, like it was it's it's so easy for me to like play the background because I had a problem being seen because I felt like if you see me, you're going to see some flaws and you're going to see the shit that everybody you're talks point about it out. and you're going to point it out. And I just could deal with that. It got to a point where I just I didn't want people to 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 look at me because mm-hmm. I couldn't look at me. Did anyone as a child growing up say, oh, you're beautiful. Did you have that one person that you know, despite, of course, you know, despite, of course, you're experiencing all that. But you do have that one person that was like, girl, you're beautiful. I heard a lot of your beautiful butt. Oh, I, no I, way. I heard a lot of that, like. The butt was always there. It was just always there. It was like, you're so beautiful, but you're just so big. Or you beautiful. Like, oh, if you just lost some weight, you'd be so. You, you, you or just, if you're shaped You lighter. got it. Yeah. Or like, you know, and, 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 and these were like the two things. So I felt like with like a lot of like my African uh, friends and family, it was always about my weight. Mm. With my black, my American friends and family, it was always about my complexion. Wow. Um, so it was like, yeah, so it was just kind of like, even trying to date or whatever, it would just be like, yeah, black ass. Like, you know, you be... You'd be so cute, but you know, you just so damn black or, you know, like, damn, you know, if you were just a little bit lighter or um, people would be like, you know, you should you should be with like a light scam guy or like a mixed guy or somebody. So your kids could be like mixed or have like, you know, curlier hair. Are or you the darkest in your family? I am for my immediate family, mm-hmm. um, but my extended family, no, but my immediate family, yes. Man, that, that, oh my God, I'm sorry. I did not know that, you know, you looked in the mirror, that you could not even look in the mirror. Yeah. Because that's pretty, that's really deep. That's heavy. Yeah, like I, um, I developed a lot of different things. Like I, I had very poor posture mm-hmm. growing up and, and, you know, because it, I, I couldn't stand tall. Yeah. You know, and it just sound like, it sound really goofy to say, but at the time, um, I had so many things internally that I just couldn't speak on. It just started manifesting in different ways. Mm. You know, like, um, I, I, I just I just couldn't feel beautiful. And I felt like for a long time I was waiting for somebody to rescue me from that feeling. Right, right. Like, if somebody could see it and really stand in it, then everybody would have to accept it because all these ugly girls that I be around that's, that's bigger than me or darker than me or whatever, the situation that doesn't work on me works for these other girls. So how would you say those insecurities of your weight and your complexion affected your relationship, whether it's your friendship or romantic relationship or relationship with your family? Those three categories, how would you say it affected your family, friendship, and romantic life? Family, I think that I resented a lot of my family for a long time. Mm. I think I'm just now starting to really come to a point where I'm um, 
I'm I'm talking to my my family. You know, mm. like it's not just like business as usual. Like I'm really starting like. I, I call my brothers now and like I'll try to like spend time with my mom and whatever because I felt like for a long time I felt like every conversation was a critical conversation about some point in my life. Did you feel like they didn't have your back or give you the support you needed? Yeah, because I felt like, you know, and these are culture things too, right? Like I think growing up in America, um, people be so gang gang about their family. Like that's my cousin, that's my brother. That, Gee, you yes. know, like people like they don't play about their family. But not to say that as Nigerians we didn't, but it just wasn't as, I feel it wasn't though. as rah rah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain. You know what no, I'm saying? I feel what you're saying. Yeah, and I felt like, damn, I'm the only girl, and I'm y'all youngest sister. Like you y'all should be alone. on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just never felt like my like I never felt fully protected by my brothers, and that was like a big thing for me, especially for like for me to have to go through it with guys the way I had to go through it. I just felt like, damn, like I'm just out here. Like if anything, it should like, be your bro. Yeah, dad. and you know, and I felt like maybe it, was, maybe it was the age gap. Maybe we were so detached that they didn't understand that this was happening in my world and mm-hmm. they were in their own world. But I, I felt like that just, it made me feel like a target. Like I felt like, um, because I felt that I didn't have a strong, solid foundation with my family, I looked for it in friends, and I felt like that made me susceptible to bullshit in my friendships. Yes, yes. So, like, then I was in friendships where it's like, this bitch is not a friend for you. Like, you just you just thirsty to have somebody on your side. Ah. You know, like, and... It took me a long time to realize I'm, I just I just want to have somebody I feel like is my friend, but you're not being as good a friend to me as I so am. So it wasn't to like you. you carefully picked your friends and be like, okay, we're compatible. It's a good friend. It was like whoever is who. Yeah, you know. whoever like was not mean to me. That was for a second my my standard for a friend. Mm. If this bitch was not bullying me like everybody else, she must be. Cool to at me. least not outwardly in your face bullying you and being yeah, mean. But like, doesn't mean they were not mean to you at the same time. Exactly. Mm. Like, you know, like, well, she sit with me at lunch, you know, disown me in front of people. Like, I like if I wasn't rejected by you, I accepted that. And I, mm. I gave you the energy that I should have saved for somebody that maybe I chose or really chose me, you know? Um, and in my relationships, my relationships, all my romantic relationships, I feel were fake, fraudulent, and just men like me in secrecy. Mm. I was one of those. I was one of those girls where, like, you know, they never claim me per se, or they will flirt with me and not be admitting about it. And you know, quiet because you of your looks. It was because of my looks, and quiet is kept. That's why a certain situation that happened in college, that's why it hurt me so bad because I recognized that. Mm. That's why that hurt me that bad because it's like we're supposed to be friends and it's like the way that that person reacted to how that situation came up, I knew that that... Okay, what situation are you talking about? Well, there was a situation in college where uh, we had a, a, a close mutual friend and it was rumored that me and him were developing a romantic relationship but we weren't you know what i'm saying we weren't and it it, it became a thing of like ridicule amongst our friend group mm. and um you know what what triggered me about that situation so bad was that it felt so familiar because i've been in situations where it's like gee you trying to flex you trying to stun on me when you were doing all these things with and for me Right. And now that other people are finding out that that's what you're doing, you're you're, hush, hush. you're rejecting it hard as hell because of what? Because of what you think that people will think about you liking me. Oh man! And that and that's what it was. Because it's not it's not about nothing else, but because it was me. Because mm-hmm. if it was somebody else, this wouldn't be the reaction. Yeah. And that's why that situation hurt me like that. Because I've seen it. 
Yeah. And I know what it is. And to have to experience that in my adult life, something that I I fought so hard against mm-hmm. in my in my young life, it just was bullshit and it hurt. Man, that's 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 heavy, man. That's really heavy. What do you say affects you in professional spaces? Hmm. You know what? No. Okay. That's and I think because um I have learned at an early age how to put a face on. Mm. And in in a lot of and I think a lot of people don't learn that until they work. But I was the opposite. I had to I had to code switch at an early age. I had to, um, you know, learn hierarchy and rank at an early age. Like, all these little random things that you have to do in jobs that make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I had already had to do it so much in my personal life that going to work was just like, shit, I'm getting money to do it. Right, 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 right. So, it didn't really affect me as much in that space. At what moment in your adult life do you realize, were you like, oh, shit, I do have this childhood trauma and it's affecting my adult life what specific incident or moment or maybe age were you like you know what i I do have some deep rooted um issues and traumas that i need to solve i was in college crying hysterically hyperventilating in the trash room i had like the worst panic attack and it and it and it and it triggered from the stupidest thing me and one of my quote-unquote good friends at the time she got mad at me for some dumbass reason and at that moment I just got so panicked that not only was she gonna be mad at me not talk to me she was gonna get the rest of our little friends to not talk to me because they were mostly you know because I kind of met them through her and here I was I was gonna be isolated again in college Mm -hmm. like I had been um, before and I'm sitting here on the ground you know how nasty them trash rooms was too and yeah. like so it's like I'm sitting there I, I, I just am like I just needed to not be around anybody I'm in the trash room like <laughs> like for real hyperventilate and at that moment I was like I might got some issues <laughs> I got some issues bitch like, this, this should not have sparked it is right right and um I should I, I probably have some some little triggers and traumas mm, I probably should mm. work on. Do you still have triggers still today? It's just certain things yeah, that still trigger Yeah, a lot of stuff still triggers me. Um, you know, um, damn, just me telling my family business a little bit, but I was homeless for a little bit mm-hmm. in high school. And leading up to that process, um, the police used to knock on the door, like, very aggressively all the time because, you know, they just trying to let you know, whatever. Time to go tell um, so to today, I, I do have a very, very like high shock tolerance to like loud noises. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like just just I, I need to always feel like at like I have a place. Um, you know, the way I found out my father died was How'd you find out? So um we tried to call him the next day and his phone wasn't on, it wasn't working. So, um, and we just couldn't get in contact with him. Like, that was it. And, and that's then, not normal, and right? It's not normal because, you know, my, my dad had a, he believed that a man who who ain't no way to communicate with him mean that he trying to run from something. Like, mm-hmm. why we can't communicate with you? Like, if I can't reach you, that means you don't want to be reached mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so it was very unregular, irregular for him to have his phone off. Um, come to find out he had died hours before we knew. Um, who told you guys that he died? My uncle, one of my uncles came in the middle of the night. And oh, middle of the night. Yeah, my brother knew and couldn't tell us, so he was in the house fidgety all damn day. 
So he knew, but just didn't know how to tell anybody. So he called one of our other uncles to like, I, I don't know how to to tell my family that our father is dead. So it was like, it was like 11, 12. And I was asleep because I had a speech tournament, but I just, something just woke me up. Mm-hmm. Like just randomly woke up and I just see everybody in the living room. Like it was just a very weird night. Like for some weird reason, nobody could sleep that night. Wow. It was just a like, why is everybody up? And then boom, boom, boom. I heard, I seen my uncle pull up and he just looked so somber. And the first thing my mom did, the first thing she just yelled, He's dead, isn't oh, he? Jesus. Like she just knew, and you know that's why. Like I, I really believe in like true love and stuff. Like, like you feel your partner because it just, it just. I, I was like, damn, why that's the first thing you said? Like I just mm-hmm. was like annoyed that that was the first thing she said. And then they were just like, we're so sorry. Oh, Jesus. and you know it was a scene. My other brother like punched the door, glass was there. It was a very dramatic. What scene. What was your reaction? What when you heard that? You know your mom yelled. He's dead, isn't he? And your uncle's like, I'm so sorry. What 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 wave hit you? What was your emotion? What did you feel? Because I remember, you know, when it happened, you didn't really show any emotion. I was very, 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 very You seemed okay. No. I don't I don't know if I was in a state of shock. I don't I don't know what the hell was going on with me. Cause I just couldn't I remember telling everybody like Oh yeah, I don't want. I don't want to go to the funeral. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to school that Monday. You did. You I, went to school. I was in school that Monday. I tried to keep a low profile. Like, yeah, I just got. I got to go to Nigeria because my dad died. Mm-hmm. And I like. I know people was like, does this bitch know her father? Because mm-hmm. it just. But I just. I felt that everybody was. Everybody was going crazy, so I had to be sane. Mm. And I remember I had just visited my dad the summer before, and like ironically, we had a conversation about him dying. Um, and in that conversation, he, he was just telling me, he was like, you know, he was like, out of everybody, he's like, you're the only girl, but you're the one with the strongest heart. He, and he told me that, he was like, you, you, you're the strongest heart one out of everybody. He was like, I know that you're going to be the one that's like, that's able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of like told me like, you know, just don't, you know, don't cry. Like, just pray and stuff. He was like, don't, don't be that person. Just pray. And that's what I did. I just kind of tried to pray. And, like, I was just like, you know, God, um, my daddy's gone. So just forgive him for his sins and let him be in heaven. And, you know, like, let me be strong. And I just was strong because I couldn't, you know, my mom, you you was there. My mom was going crazy. And um, my brothers were a mess. And I, you know, I don't know. I I didn't react until like two weeks later, I like broke down by myself randomly, but I just couldn't feel. I think even till today, I haven't. That's what I asked. Have you? Do you feel like you've mourned your father's, lo- you know, the loss of your father? Have you mourned him? I have moments, mm-hmm. but I just don't know how to. And like, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't know how to. Like, what does that look like? Am I supposed to be like in the house, in the room? Like, I just feel like I've never been afforded that mm-hmm. breakdown, and it's just like. I don't know. I just never been that that girl that just like be like, oh. so I just you know I have my moments. It's, you know I don't want to act like I'm unfazed, right? Um, but so this happened when you were 16, and now you being 26. Do you feel different about the loss of your dad? Do you feel like you feel it more at this age, the older you get, or is it just easier? Like you know, you don't think of it as much. I I think it um it becomes more relevant. Mm. That's a that's a how so? Because there's so many moments now in my adult life that um as a young as a young lady, I would have liked to have um 
I think as a young lady, you know, now that we're like dating seriously or whatever and really like um, searching for certain qualities in a man, it's nice to to know that I am secure with one man in my life at least. Mm. And although I have brothers, I, I don't like to think of me as their personal responsibility, right. as, at least not in the same sense as I would be to my father. And now they have their own families. And they have too. their own families now too. So it's like, it is levels to it. And um, it's just a certain level of like, I'm out here unprotected in a, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, or, you know, there are certain validations that I, I, I think I seek that I just... It would be nice for my for my dad to have seen it or to say it. Too. Would you say you feel alone? Do you feel alone sometimes? Yeah, I think, but you know, don't we all? I mean, yeah, but, you know, everyone's um, definition or source of feeling lonely is different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do feel, I just feel unattended to. Like, you know, like I know people are here and they care about me but I, I i've always had this feeling of like i'm not anybody's sole priority you know what i mean like i know you know maybe my mom you know i'm i'm part but she have four kids yeah yeah <laughs> so you know um but yeah i just i just be feeling sometimes like you don't feel like it's someone special person i never have felt chosen and i think that that's a trauma that follows me from childhood mm. to feel chosen Mm-hmm. To feel like out of the choices you had, you picked me, you desired me, you wanted me, you you sought after me. There was something about me that you liked. Right. And I think that that is the feeling that I've like chased since childhood for somebody to be like, I like you for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's deep. Do you blame yourself for any of your childhood trauma? Yes. What do you blame yourself for and why? I blame myself for not um, for 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 not speaking up for myself sometimes because it's like I don't want to sit here and paint and like my family just traumatized me or some shit. Of course, shit. no. Um, but you know, I feel like there were moments. I feel like sometimes I was going through things or I had moments or, I, or or whatever, and I just never told anybody. And then like I just might have reacted, but nobody knew what was wrong, you know. Mm. Like or even you know like this whole thing I have with my weight. I think that a lot of that was emotional or stress or just something to do because I had nothing to do or you know or I've always had this thing where I've like held myself back out of out of a unknown fear of disappointing the people mm-hmm. around me and i think that some of that i created you know like some of that like like i really be trying to think and it's like i think maybe some of that i created in my own head like maybe mm. you know like maybe i thought that i would get in more trouble than i would have or you know maybe i like like i probably could have just asked to go to a couple friends houses more right you know like i just was so recluse mm. and you know some of that is by nature some of that is by nurture i feel that what are you currently doing right now to help heal you from your childhood traumas i'm in therapy that's good um and i and i try my hardest to like my therapist tells me I'm very aware. She was like, you know, you're like so aware of all your issues. Um, and that's just the thing. Like, I think it took me a long time to like really sit down and say, why I be acting like this? Or what, why do I behave like this? Or what's up? Or what's wrong with me? 
Um, so that's it. I just I also try to be honest with myself mm-hmm. about all things, and I try to be nicer to myself because mm-hmm. I was really mean mm-hmm. to me. I, I I got to a point where I was my own biggest bully. Mm-hmm. So that's deep right there. Your own biggest bully. That that is deep. Have you forgiven those who played a hand in your trauma? I'm just starting to. Like, for real, for real, just like... What does that look like? Like, the other day, I don't know, I just had a real, like, moment out of nowhere where I was like, I'm not, I don't hate these people no more. Mm. Like, it took me, like, for a long, I was holding grudges. Like, if you really knew me, I was holding mad grudges. Like, I just knew that when I saw certain people, I was going to slap the shit out of them. Like, mm-hmm. just, I just was mad. Um, And now I'm just like, no, I don't care, like... It's kind of stupid. In fact, I think now I have more, I'm, I have more of like the happier memories that I have with people than all of the mean shit. Because because oh, a lot of the people that like I, I end up beefing with, we really was friends or whatever. But now it's like, you know, where I used to recount every detail of the thing that pissed mm-hmm. me off, I don't remember that shit like that no more. That's like good. now I'm just kind of like. You're freeing yourself. I'm freeing myself of it. Like now I have like better memories. It's like, oh, no, I remember when we did ah, good times. Like I don't be thinking about like, man, that bitch pissed me off semester mm. of 2013. <laughs> like, I really used to be ah. just mad like just so Being angry mm-hmm. like I, I i didn't realize like how angry i was oh so the emotions you felt as a child you would consider them anger i had resentment like i grew i had a strong resentment towards so many things and so many people and you know like now i'm you know we just be throwing shit off and we be like oh you hating her you whatever but all that shit that we call hate on for real for real is resentment Hmm. that's what people in in urban knowledge we know is like you hating on somebody but it's like really you resent something that they have because you didn't have it you know what I mean? Like, also, Richard, I had to, I had to check myself one day. I had to grow up and be like, damn, you know what? I might not even really dislike this hoe. I might just be mad that she get the attention I never got. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like in my mind, I am pretty like this bitch, but she gets the attention because she's this way. And it's just kind of like, you know, that's that's not their fault. It has nothing to do with it them. It has nothing to do with them. You know what I mean? Like, it has nothing to do with them. Or... You you know, just like, I mean, I'm not saying that I was like a big hater or whatever, but like, I, I think that I had to learn to let go of what I didn't have and focus more on what I can have. Mm-hmm. And, and what I, you do have. And what I do have. And I, and I think that that like, it, re- it took me a long time to like see myself in the eyes that I think that other people see me in. Because mm. I, I didn't. Like, people tell me, I was like, oh, I mean, you this, you this, you And I'll just, just be like... <laughs> Really? Yeah, overwhelming me with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're like. I've never, not me, not I, and 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 now I'm just trying to be like, well, I guess I am that. Been that bitch. Okay. As that bitch. Okay. Forever gonna be that bitch. All right. But you know, yeah, that's it. That's Have you forgiven yourself? Yeah, I'm just trying to do better now. Okay. Like, I fucked up, but now I'm not. Yeah. And how do you see Dami? When you look in the mirror now that you can look in the mirror, what do you see in the mirror? Um, I see all the the beauty and and like I really see like growth. I see like you know a bunch of like undeniable 
beautiful amazing qualities you know Mm -hmm. like i really sit here and entertain myself with my own jokes Mm. and i really like don't give a fuck about going to the gym without my wig on but a bandana like i do that like so many women i know got a a wig for the gym and i'd be like y'all be wasting units like this um like i just i'm more comfortable in myself like i don't care as much anymore you're comfortable with your weight yeah because i'm working on it it's just kind of like you comfortable with your body? Yeah, man. Ooh, that was a bit like, man, I hated my body. Like, that was a huge one for mm-hmm. me. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't really like, I don't like my gut. That's just it. But, like, who likes their gut? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I'm like. Are you comfortable with your skin? Yeah, you know, being dark skin is in now. No, I'm just playing. Um, um, I, I've learned to take care of what I have and, like, okay. really be like, I have dark skin, but I got the best dark skin that you can have, like. You know, my shit is smooth. It's you're comfortable, confident, and happy. Yeah, with like what you have, like take me as I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you take you as you are. Mm-hmm. That's good. What last words would you like to share with us concerning your childhood? Trauma? Um, are they still traumas? I think they're always gonna be traumas because to remember it is you know it was traumatic and it and it had little things um but i think as as a last word i just kind of want to say that you know what i used to always consider myself an ugly duckling and you know if you really read the end of that story and they become a beautiful swan or whatever i feel like i have finally gotten to the end of that part of my yes, story ma'am. like i'm not the ugly duckling um as i thought i was before and then, like, for once, I finally have acknowledged that I'm, I'm, I'm beautiful. Man, let me say something because I feel like I'm about to tear up. I know, yeah, because <laughs> I was trying to hold it down. Yeah, I'm, I'm emotional. I've been so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I have watched your growth. You know what I mean. I remember when you had bad posture, G. I ain't gonna lie. No, y'all asked you. I said, Erica. <laughs> y'all asked Erica. I said, my posture bad. She said, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I remember your growth. I, I remember your behavior. I remember the way. I mean, of course, you know, it's not everything that we know. You know what I mean? Because it's internal is what you're going through. But I do remember the different phases, you know, even with college and now. Bitch, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is beautiful to see your growth. You know what I mean? Because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not cheap. It's an expensive thing. Therapy is not cheap either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then for you to be able to talk about it, to have your podcast, use your platform. Because, no, this is not the first time we talk about your bullying. Oh, you know, yeah. this is not the first time we talk about your complexion. But to see their journey and to see how open you are, how willing. How, this is my, I can finally say I see you fighting for yourself. Because that's mm. one thing I've always said about you, like, speak up. Like, you know, you used to come yeah. and complain to me about whatever. I'm like, girl, Everything. I don't know why you're telling me because you have to go tell do shit about it. <laughs> but I can finally say you are fighting for yourself, you know, down to your relationships, to your friendships, to your family, to professionally. You know, you are truly fighting for yourself. You are loving yourself, you know, because if you can't love yourself, who in the hell is going to love you? Come on, Rue. You girl, who? Like, no, because you are your biggest cheerleader. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you have to be the one to be the one to hype yourself up. Because if you don't hype yourself up, how do you expect people to do that? Mm-hmm. You know? And you carry yourself as a queen. You carry yourself in a different manner now. You hold your, your head up high. You know what I mean? Like, your shoulders are back. 
Um, your posture is straight. Okay, bitch. <laughs> Shout out to my chiropractor, Dr. Felicia. <laughs> your skin is flawless. You smile more. And it's a genuine smile. Uh, you used to do some fake smile that you typically do. Yeah, I guess it's some speech and stuff. <laughs> I know your fake smile, bitch. But now it's a genuine yeah, nah, smile. Not the fake smile. It's a genuine smile. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I see that your happiness is growing more within yourself. And it's not dependent on anybody. You know, before. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just I'm just proud of you and just thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. All right, y'all. Okay, 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 okay. Let's get into our black excellence. Dami, you the black black excellence of the week, bitch. You the black excellence. Woo woo. It's me. I'm the black excellence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but I do have a personal black excellence of mine. And my black excellence, let me pull him up real, real quick, because I had him. Where is he? All right. Um, his name, his name is Odo Oradam. Um, so he launched the first virtual learning classroom in Africa. Oh, beautiful! Yes, nine hundred and forty-eight kids can learn remotely. Um, and it, but they want to reach up to ten thousand kids, and it's hashtag slum to school. So as you know, Corona is affecting everywhere. This is not just an American or Western world thing, but the fact that he was able to create this virtual program where all ninety eight kids at a time, nine hundred forty eight kids can remotely learn. You know, that's um, a it, big deal. It, it's a big deal. Just everything about the, the mind, the technology, the the mindset, the wisdom to even be able to come about this thing. It's it's amazing. So shout out to Odo Orondam. Shout out to you, boo. Okay. Um. So my black excellence for the week. I ain't gonna stunt you. I dropped the ball on black excellence this week. I can find anybody. Um. In particular, but um. Just off the top of my head. My black excellence this week is going to go out to all the teachers. Mm. Okay, because we, you know, including me, have been getting into this remote learning. And I was just thinking about it randomly the other day, how, like, there was all this conversation and hoopla about essential workers and all the people and this, this, and the other. And then nobody shout out the teachers because we've been busting our ass since... March, you know, this shit was not easy. It's been a lot between grades and getting instruction. And it's just kind of like, y'all don't understand how many apps and programs and and this and that. Like, I be having headaches. I just have to stare at a computer for hours at a day. I can imagine. Interacting with children. Imagine interacting with children for hours virtually. I've been seeing, like, different posts, you know, with children, like, you know, acting out virtually. Oh, yeah. Like, they really be cutting the fuck up. And their parents are no better. And, um, yeah, so shout out to all the educators out there, especially as we go back to school. Like, you know, th- th- people might not see it. They might not call you essential because you may have to be in your house. But at the end of the day, anybody that's doing anything today had to go to school for it. So exactly. shout out to everybody out there. Whoop, whoop. All right, let's get into some music and TV. Let's get into our music. Music made me lose control. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, Okay, what's first on the list? So let's talk about (laughs) WAP. All right, um, you know, it's a lot of definitions for WAP, and I just kind of want to put out some of my personal favorites. You know, there's Women About Politics. Women About Progress. Women About Progress. Mm -hmm. We got a whack-ass president. Oh, okay. You know, that was that was one. Um, you know, and you know, wet wet ass pussy. <sighs> wet ass pussy. 
Anyway. <laughs> and you know what? It's just so funny that there's been so much controversy over over a song. Shout out to WAP for, first of all, being number one. First, shout out to, to Cardi B for being the first female artist to have four number ones. Shout out to Megan Thee Stallion for being un, the, the first female rapper in this decade to have two number ones with women or whatever. Shout out to y'all because I don't understand why people are so mad about why. So people are saying that, you know, um, you know, this song and the video is not good for our kids. You know, it is not positive. It is really sexual that we don't need more of this in our community. Um, And, you know, let's be real. It is true. That's what I see. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. You know, it's not. It's a sexual song. Hey, listen, I ain't going to stop. I played the song loud as hell in my car. Speakers booming because I like the song. I mean, it definitely is sexual. I mean, this song is not going to teach your kids to go to school, to whatever, whatever. But unfortunately, that's the society we live in, right? And this has been going on for generations upon generations. You know, like, of course, you know, as time goes by, things become more and more vulgar, right? Mm-hmm. Our media does become more and more vulgar. Like, even TV shows are damn near like porn now, you know? Oh, yeah. So that's definitely true. It is a very vulgar song. However, it is definitely unfair that it's only when, you know, women um, artists, you know, make certain type of song that there's so much negativity. There's so much backlash to it. Because, again, our male artists, our male rappers, they rap about all this. They rap about this thing. They rap about wet-ass pussy. They rap about drugs. They rap about violence. They rap, they rap about their dicks and raping women. And it's like, we don't hear a backlash. You know, there's there's no oh, petition going on about canceling a song that, you know, their favorite rapper, Jay-Z, or, you know, all these people do. That they've made, but now when it's Cardi B and make the silent make a song is now, and it's like, first of all, as if if your parents come on, you should know what you allow your kids to watch. As in, like you know and I me, mean? so don't make it Meg the Stallion and Cardi B's responsibility to teach your kids good things. I mean, yes, they do have a platform, and I do believe you have a platform. You should use it in a certain way, right? However, it is not their prime responsibility to raise your kids. So if you don't want your kids listening to song. I think, I think that people, first of all, um, first of all, that video is only inappropriate because we know it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Because the video in itself, if I was like a child, if like, if you have to have a, a preconceived concept of sex to understand that that video is alluding to sex, right? Like that's, like if you, if you didn't have any knowledge of sex, you would just see a bunch of bright colors, a big ass house with a bunch of b- people in it. You would see some water. You would see what looks like some fucking Lego factory that they dancing on. You know what I mean? Like you would not allude it to sex if not for the fact that you have the prior knowledge of sex. They are, they, you know, yeah, you see their bodies or whatever, whatever, but like, even for even to be honest, the the most provocative um, scene with their bodies was maybe Cardi and Megan doing them splits like mm-hmm. that, and it's just kind of like as a kid, you might not, you're not gonna take it as like, oh, they doing a split on the dick. Like if you're right, if right. not for that's you have that prior knowledge, so that's just the thing. I think that sometimes we start this uproar over the children, but the children have no concept of what y'all talk about until adults start talking about it like that around them that's when they know like oh this supposed to be nasty that's when they start putting two and two that, together. that definitely is a point you know what i mean secondly i as you said i don't you know growing up 
truth be told, I couldn't watch MTV at a certain age. Like, mm-hmm. I was not allowed to. Like, I used to sneak to try and watch some shit because right. it was like, you know, it was like, you know, BT Uncut was uncut at night for a reason because the kids are supposed to be asleep. Um, and I think that, as you said, there's so many other lyrics that that we just sit here and sing to and listen to. I, I you know, the song is not even all that that provocative. Girl, I've was, heard worse. It was some song that was going on Twitter that was from song from the 1930s. From 1947 Yeah, or this lady was like, I'm going to ride your dick and you're going to fuck my pussy. I'm gonna, and it was like, what? It, what killed me was it was to that old-timey ass ragtime music. That I wish I could find it, G. I'm going to put that dick up. I'm going to look for it in the meantime. No, that shit was hilarious. But yeah, and then for CeeLo to be like, oh, music ain't music no more. And it just kills me because these, because mind you, these the same people when when um the baby dropped Rockstar niggas was acting like he just the baby coming through with lyrical content for the people. Mm-hmm. But it's like this is the same nigga that said I'm the type of baby that fuck the babysitter. Is that no pedophilia? Wow. Is that no pedophilia? Oh, he did say that though. He, that's what he said. I'm the type. Of, I'm the type of baby that's gonna fuck the babysitter. He said that. You get what I'm saying? He said, "quote um." I like a girl pull her out, pull, pull my dick out, fuck her in the titties, and titty fuck her. He said that in cash shit. Girl, what about Rick Ross? That's something. He put something in the girl's drink. That's what I'm saying. It's like people say some some weird ass, crazy ass shit, and y'all don't say nothing. Yeah. So let the wop rain. Let it rain. Please use this song. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. I'm trying to be a hoe in somebody's house. Truth Ooh, be told. Okay. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. <laughs> Speaking of which, so some bunch of new music actually came out. Let's talk about this Burner Boy album. Yes. Twice yeah. as tall. Burner Boy. I like it. Um, so basically, he just dropped it not too long ago. It's 15 songs. And um, he has some features. Not so many. He has Santi Soul. He has Stormzy. And he has Coldplay on it. Those are the only um, three features he had. Oh, he had Naughty by Nature. I enjoyed that Naughty by Nature feature. Yes, it's, uh, which one is it? It's the song called Naughty by Nature featuring Naughty by Nature. Oh, I didn't see that. One. But yeah. yeah. Um... And obviously, you know, this album is not the same as his regular Bedu. And when I say Bedu, like dancing, like, you know, hot ass Afro beats, you know, his other songs like, yeah, you, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not that same vibe. Um, This one, it was more of like an international album, right? He wants to reach um his other audience besides his African audience, American, basically the Western world. He wants everyone to be able to relate to it. So even if you're not African or, you know, if you're not familiar with Afro beats or reggaeton, he wants you to get in tune. And I feel like he did it. I'm not going to lie. I had to listen to a few times really get into just really get into it because i'm used to expecting something you know yeah. a dancing vibe for him you know mm-hmm. what i mean um but the songs are decent like you have, it, there's a message there's definitely and now that's what i noticed with his song with his albums at least the past two three albums now he's trying to have a, a message mm-hmm. behind it it's not just regular like i like to party it's like okay well Tars is tall for a reason i'm yeah. black african giant and i think it's good you know he's definitely trying to broaden his audience and you know expand his music and you know people are saying he may win a Grammy for this or so so I like mm-hmm. it it's called Twice as Tall I gave um, it a 4 out of 5 stars yeah yeah you guys I, something I'll still I'll listen to again and again to continue to I don't know what my favorite song is yet mine is Onyeka oh, Naughty yeah. by Nature and Onyeka is a song that we played in the beginning yes. um Another one, we know Tiwa Savage. He is dropping a new album soon. I believe it's August 24. And it looks pretty good. You know, we like um, That's uh-huh. What She Is. And, you know, she did post, like, her song. So it's going to be a 12-song album. She has a song featuring Sam Smith. Um, she has Steph London, Davido, Naira Marley. 
Hamza. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I it's called Celia. I wonder who C- is Celia. Celia, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know Adekunle Gold. You know, he's like uh-huh. the R&B. Afro, Afro mm. pop, um, king of Nigeria mm. also recently dropped. I think he dropped an album today too. Um, so you guys definitely check that out. Uh, Milano dropped an album today, Queen of the South. Milano's really? been doing her thing as an up and coming uh, female artist. She's on a cover of Triple XL as a freshman mm-hmm. list. So she's been doing her thing. I definitely like that song. Um, what's it called? Muap. That um, the song she got with Gucci. Gucci. I like that song. You know, um, I do like. I, I, I'm I'm growing. Mulatto's growing on me. She is. She She's is. She's growing on me. Um, you know, Drake and Lil Durk drop laugh now, cry later last week. That made a lot. Did you of listen noise. to it? Of course. You know, it? it's a good song. It's a good song. It's definitely like you can tell it's an album song. Drake is dropping his album. The new album is called Certified Lover Boy. So that's coming soon. Um, I definitely think that. I'm excited for that because that lets me know that Drake about to talk all his shit. I know, right? He about to be on his R&B and rap shit. Dirk went off. I will definitely say, like, Dirk held his own on that song with Drake. Okay. Which, you know, makes me proud. Anybody from Chicago always makes me proud. So. Okay, that's good. Um, and also, um, Snoop Dogg, Sierra, and Young M.A., they all land radio shows on Apple Music. So um, Snoop Dogg's radio show is going to be called Uncle Snoop's Army Radio, hmm. Make America Hip Hop Again. Okay. I'm feeling that. Um, Sierra's going to be called Level Up Radio, you know, for my song Level Up. Level Up. Okay. And Young M.A. is going to be Me Always Radio. I'm happy Young M.A. is finding a lane. Because I do yes. like her as a, as a rapper, but I feel like it's hard for people to embrace her. Cause I think She's I, not fully mainstream yet. I, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I do I do think for some weird reason it's hard for people to embrace her. But I love Young M.A. Definitely. Um, and let's go into our TV. What do we have for TV? Yes, yeah, so our, um, you know, our beautiful soul sister, queen of the now, queen of it all, Jill Scott, is going to be playing Miss Mahalia Jackson in a um, biopic. Let me find some details really quick. Um, so for those of y'all who don't know who Mahalia Jackson is, just really quick backstory. She is a very... Um, notable and influential gospel singer of the civil rights movement she is um really notable for having sung a song to dr martin luther king right before that march on selma that was also pictured in that movie selma so anyway jill scott is to play mahalia jackson in a movie called mahalia it will be in the big screen um it is executive produced by queen latifah and jamie fox mm. um it is unlike lifetime's recently announced mahalia jackson biopic which will star danielle brooks so those those are two different movies, okay, Boo Boo? And just to let you guys know, some of the songs Mahalia Jackson has rights over is How I Got Over, His Eyes Are on the Sparrow, Move what? On Up a Little Higher, Amazing Grace, and Go Tell It on the Mountain. So I know oh y'all have heard God. some of these like very oh, popular amazing. gospel songs. Yes. That's amazing. And also, there's a new TV show coming. It's called Lovecraft Country. Oh, it's out. Oh, it's out already. Mm-hmm. When did it come out? It came out like a few last, days ago? last week or so. Okay, so Lovecraft um, Craft Country is an American drama horror television um, series developed by Misha Green. Um, it's based on a novel, actually, um, which was by Matt Roth. So basically, the novel is about a young black man who travels across the segregated 1950s in the United States in search of his missing father and learning of dark secrets plaguing a town in which famous... Um, writer Lovecraft supposedly based the location on basically about fictional tales and the actors the cast involves Journey Smollett um, Jonathan Majors um, Courtney B. Vance 
Wumi Mosaku. Mm. Um, it looks like a really decent, good craft, uh, and I'm really, really interested in seeing because I love, as you guys know, I like horror, um, yes, supernatural I do stuff. Love a nice thriller. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's gonna be series and not just a movie. So this is on HBO, and it's oh, um, and it's gonna show every Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it came yes. out last week Sunday. Yes, I definitely gotta uh, catch up on it. All my friends have been telling me to watch it, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch it and get back to y'all on that. Um, and next on the list, uh, we have a movie coming out soon called Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a movie about Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party. Mm-hmm. Um, starring in the movie is Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya. Listen, Daniel is doing something now. Oh, yeah. They, see, like, when I heard Daniel and Lakeith, I said The Range. Okay, The Range. those two, throw Jeez. them in anything. Just throw them in anything and I'm going to watch it. Whether it's comedy, whether it's some goofy stuff, whether yeah. it's some superhero yeah. stuff, yeah. drama, Come on. They now. tried to hold my man back with Queen and Slim, but he yeah. coming back. I see I haven't watched that. <laughs> okay, so we do you know, that's we have some black good black, you know, shows, yes. TVs coming on. Verities, you know, it's not the same. Y'all go watch that story. at AMC for fifteen cents. It's 15 cents? No, I'm just playing. But, uh, oh. but on some real stuff, AMC Theaters is opening around the countries. And to oh, celebrate are. their opening, they're charging 15 cents. Ah, a movie. It's going to be packed. So y'all don't have to know. They, they're. I mean, it can't be packed because oh, true, of Corona. True, so. true, true. Okay. This well, might be a good time to go watch a movie. Right, right. I might go watch a movie. I don't know about y'all. I mean, if it's not going to be packed, then, you know, they I stay with they the limited. Man. So that better be 10 cents okay. during the day. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it that we have for our hot topics, our topic, music and TV. And our quote of the day is trauma is personal. It, it does not disappear if it is not validated. When it is ignored or invalidated, the silent screams continue internally, heard only by the one held captive. When someone enters the pain and hears the screams, healings can be- begin. And I believe that's what we did today. You let it all out. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. And this is Cross Cultured. Cross-cultured.